In confusion and uncertainty, there emerges a guiding light, a beacon that cuts through the darkness. Welcome to Beacon of Truth with your host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beacon of Truth. I am Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. So great to be with you today. And I have to tell you, I am so glad to be home, even if it's just for a short uh, stint here. I head back out again tomorrow, uh, but I, I really been enjoying my time home today, you know, just kind of uh, reconnecting uh, with my wife again, just kind of, uh, you know, it's one thing to talk to her on the phone when I'm gone, right? But it's another thing just to be here and to be with her and to see her and just reconnecting. It's been, it's been really nice. And, uh, you know, also been busy, Got you know, it's the end of the month, so there's bills and stuff like that, you know, back to the, <laughs> the realities, you know, I'm, I'm still, yes, I'm Deacon Harold, but I'm still husband and a father and uh, all that stuff too, so uh, so it's, it's, it's been nice, been enjoying my, my brief stint here. And I've been praying for all of you. I'm praying that your, your Lent is off to a great start. We're getting ready to head into the, um, third week of Lent now. And, uh, again, I hope everything's going well with you guys with Lent and that you're keeping your Lenten, uh, promises that you're fasting more, uh, hopefully this Lent. And, uh, uh, just please know that we are all praying for you. I'm sure everybody in the EWTN family is praying for you as well. Well, today we're talking about the communion of saints. We're talking about members of our family, the family of faith. When we be part of the conversation, give us a call, 833-288-3986, or email beacon at EWTN.com. And uh, we have our great show team in place Ready to go. We have our call screener, Matt Gabinski, our social media guru, Charles Berry, and of course, the producer, Ace McKay. Ace, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. I was going to ask you now that you're home, how long is your honeydew list? <laughs> Not very long at all, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's it's mostly like bills. <laughs> well, actually, no, actually, we had to talk this morning because um, we have a meeting with our accountant. Um, and so we had to sit down and, and I had to walk her through because I'm, I'm not going to be here to be at that meeting right. with the accountant because I'm heading back out tomorrow. So I just walked her through the file and, you know, I, I organized things so it's easy for her to show the accountant. Well, here's our, you know, uh, the college stuff and here's the stuff for the medical and here's the stuff for, ta- you know, sure. income and all that kind of stuff and um, walking her through all of that. Um, but yeah, but the the honeydew list, yeah, not not a lot, uh, not a lot. There's no leaks. Oh, we did have a a, a mouse problem though. Um, oh no, my uh, uh, and the, we have an, a a mother-in-law suite attached to our house, and there was a my daughter uh, Angela lives in there, and there was a, a mouse in there, and so we tried to figure out how the mouse was getting in. Um, you know, there were several ways they were getting in over the last couple of years. You know, they're you know, they're they're pretty uh, resourceful little creatures. Uh, so we had some holes like near our roof line fixed and things like that. Well, we found out they were getting in through the crawl space. We have we have a, a crawl space outside that goes down underneath the house where one of the, the heaters, the heating units are. And obviously, because it's cold and rainy out, they're yeah. trying to get warm. They they found a way through the door into the crawl space, and that's where they were getting. In fact, we found one dead in there um, when we had the uh, – we had the um, – the exterminator people come out and take a look at it and so uh so we we sealed all that up now and uh she hasn't seen any uh signs of mice in there so 
Um, oh, I had to change the heating. Um, what is that thing? Uh, filter. Had to change the filter and all. So yeah, the, there's a tiny list. Yeah, okay. yeah. I just want to give bad. people the visual of Dynamic Deacon, you know, yeah. you know changing out yeah. air filters, chasing yeah. mice around. <laughs> That's what I need in my brain every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, example. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, today uh, we're talking about the community of saints, but I want to try and give a little bit of a, of a bonus uh, for uh, the um, uh, Word of God Wednesday. And yesterday we talked about Ephesians chapter 5. You know, and there's certain um, passages in the Bible that are, well, many actually, that are open to interpretation. You know, there are, there are only a handful of passages where the church uh, passages where the church says this is definitive what it means, and it can't mean anything else. For example, the uh, verse about the Eucharist, Christ's real presence in the Eucharist, that kind of thing. Um, so, one of the ones that came up in a recent um, discussion we had last week was in the Book of Genesis, um, talking about um, uh, Adam and Eve, and and uh, about the interpretation of a zeta connecto about being the the battle partner. And, um, you know, there, there was some disagreement about that. So I just want to try to give a little bit of, again, you know, uh, this is my interpretation. Um, and, and you're free to have a different interpretation of these particular verses. Um, again, as long as the interpretation doesn't violate any teachings of the church or any dogmatic, um, uh, uh, pronouncements or anything like that. Uh, if, if it fits within the context of, of what we believe as, as Catholics and how God, has revealed himself to us and what he wants us to know in and through his word, we're good to go. So before to dive in, give a little bit of a background. So in Genesis chapter one, uh, verse three to five, it said that God created light and, uh, he, and he, he created the heavens uh, and, and uh, he's in the heavens. He separated the, the darkness from the light. So but the earth, but the uh, the great lights uh, the sun and the moon were not created till day four, but the, the heavens and this light and darkness were in, on day one. So what's going on there? So um, in looking in the book of Revelation, you know, uh, chapter 12, verses seven to nine, um, and then verse 12, you know, we see this battle in heaven where it says uh, uh, Michael and the other archangels fought against uh, Lucifer and the, the, the Satan and they were exorkizo. The uh, that's the word in Greek for they were cast out. That's where we get the word exorcism from. So Mike and the archangels defeated Satan and his demons. They were cast out. Exorkizo to where? V Revelation twelve verse twelve says earth. They were cast out to earth. So I'm saying uh, interpreting verse Genesis one three five as the because there's no sun and moon yet. That the the is what's going on is Revelation twelve the separation of the darkness from the light the casting out of uh, Satan and his and minions from uh, heavens into into the earth uh, to earth that's the separation darkness from light so Satan is already on earth so when God then creates uh, Adam uh, Adam again it, does, it has a sense of the fullness of humanity because there's two different words Ish and Isha for male and female differentiated. So he, he um, creates man, puts him in the garden, gives him his mission to serve, protect, defend, is, uh, uh, to till and to keep it. Um, uh, Abad and Shamar in Hebrew means to protect and defend. He t and he tells about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. right? Uh, so, And if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
then you will die. Mavet, death, you will cut yourself off from my life. So what was the treaty? Was there to tempt man away from God? No. It was simply there to explain the power of free will. Uh, in order to love God, we have to freely choose him uh, in intimate, personal, loving, and life-giving communion. Um, because if, if a, a love that's given has to be freely reciprocated or else it's not love, right? It's use or something else. And so um, the tree was a physical, two things. The tree was a physical, physical reminder to the man that I'm God and you are not. Yes, I created you. I put you here uh, to be in charge of, uh, of these, uh, my, uh, my earthly creation. But you still got to remember that I'm God. And <laughs> that's a tree's a reminder of that. And second, it's not just any tree. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the word there for knowledge is yada. It means knowledge that is gained by experience. So God did not want man to experience evil now evil comes not from god but when man uses his free will to say no to god's invitation to love life intimacy and communion so to assist him in that that's where he he says i will make a helper fit for him that's where we get the word as it literally means help mate okay so that's what it means and you can use that in a lot of different contexts like a helper or an assistant but there are several places in the scriptures, Joshua chapter 1, verse 14, Deuteronomy 33, 29, Judges 5, 23, when that phrase is used specifically for aid and assistance in battle. So my interpretation is there, Konegdo, in this particular context, yes, she's there because God is a family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a communion of persons, a family of persons. So the family on earth has to be the image and likeness of the family in heaven. That makes sense. So, of course, she's there to, to, uh, to help in that sense. But also, remember, Satan is there. So I think God is also creating her to be a battle partner. So when you see a Zedekinecto used in the verses that I mentioned, um, it means someone who stands opposite or parallel to you, who helps, aids, assists, surrounds, protects, and defends in battle. So, for example, in Joshua 1.14, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of Manasseh are told to help their brothers and sisters conquer the land on the east side of the Jordan. And so that word, Ezerkenegdo, is used there and in the other verses as well. So, just a little extra biblical context there for you. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Psalms. Today, we're talking about the communion of saints on Beacon of Truth. Give us a call, 833-288-3900. Eight six. Yeah. Little honeydew uh, music. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Little blues action happening today on Beacon of Truth. I'm your host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and today we're talking about the communion of saints, and we'd love you to be part of the conversation. Give us a call, 833-288-3986, or email beacon at EWTN.com. And of course, we have our our, uh, show team here. We have uh, uh, Matt Gabinski, 
uh, call screening, Charles Beery, social media, and Ace McKay, the producer. Ace, what's going on? Well, we want to let people know that if you want to stay informed, but also know that uh, Catholic journalism at its best is available, coming right to your inbox every day. All you have to do is sign up. Go to EWTN.com for an email newsletter and simply click subscribe so you can start receiving Catholic news straight to your inbox with a trusted source. Yes, so when you hear that music, that means it is time to break open God's Word in the Psalms. Uh, One of my favorite segments of the show. I love the Psalms, as you know. And uh, today we're going to look at Psalm 116a, right? Psalm 116a. So um, why is it 116a? Well, remember we talked about before in the um, Septuagint, or in the Greek version of the the, uh, Old Testament in the Psalms, there's a division that happens around Psalm 9 where the Psalms split. So it differs from um, the Masoretic text, which is the Jewish version. Um, There's a split there, and then so the numbering is off. So um, starting with Psalm uh, uh, Psalm 10, uh, the, the Septuagint text, the Greek text, breaks Psalm 9 up into two parts. And the Masoretic text has Psalm 9 and then it has Psalm 10. So the numbering is off. So this is 116a. There's two parts to this psalm. Now, 116 is in a group of psalms called the Hallel Psalms or the Praise Psalms. That's one, Psalms 113 to 116. Uh, sorry, 113 to 118 and then Psalm 135. So 116 to 118. Uh, or, or sorry, 113 to 118 in Psalm 135 or the Hallel Psalms or the praise Psalms. So this first one, the first nine verses, 116a, says, I again, I, I love the way this starts off. I love the Lord. Now, come on. but <laughs> can, can you get a, a, a more plain, beautiful, true statement than that? I love the Lord. That's how it starts. Why? For he has heard my voice, my appeal. For he has turned his ear to me whenever I call. Oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, so the, the psalmist here is responding to the fact that the Lord, his love for the Lord. Well, I'm sure that's not totally his love for the Lord comes because God answered his prayer. But he's recognizing the power of God working in his life because the Lord heard his voice. And the thing is this, God hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. He answers our prayers, not like a genie with a lamp just say this i, I want to win the lottery lord oh i didn't win the lottery that means god didn't listen god's not there uh no god god answers our prayers uh in accordance with his will for us um he knows us better than we know ourselves because he made us and he will grant those prayers those hopes and desires in our hearts that will always lead us closer to him and sometimes answering prayer means we have to learn a lesson you know sometimes and sometimes it's a hard lesson you know, sometimes we have to, uh, God, God takes us down a little bit of a path, a little bit of a diversion in order to teach us something, that we learn something, either about ourselves or, or how we can be in closer relationship with him. Because sometimes when we're deprived of things, then we realize uh, how much, the, 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 uh, not the material things, but how much that person meant to us, how much that love means to us, how much our faith 
means to us we can't rely on the things of the world. The only person we can rely on is God. So when we turn our hearts to him, because a lot of my prayer in this in this regard is not like, God, I want this, but God, whatever your will is in this situation, let your will be done. So I leave it up to God. You know, I I, I, I don't like, I mean, sometimes I do, so, you know, but I don't direct like, Lord, please let this plane arrive on time or something like that. But for the deeper things, I let, you know, God, whatever your will is, I know it, if my will and your will are together, then you will help me to become the person who God created me to be. Beautiful. Then verse 3. Now now here, they surrounded me, the snares of death. The anguish of the grave has found me. Anguish and sorrow I found. So he's stating the situation that he was in. And then what happens when we respond to the situation? Because we're, we're, we've all found ourselves there. We've all found ourselves in anguish. Uh, I love the 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 um the visual here. The anguish of the grave has found me, right? It's almost if 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 evil or or was lurking for him, and we feel like that sometimes. You know, anguish and sorrow I found either through the death of a loved one, um, either through uh, some hardship they're going through at work, or struggling with something with our kids or with our spouse. You know, and, and what did he do in that situation? Verse four. I called on the name of the Lord. Deliver my soul, O Lord. Yes. When we're in that situation where we feel surrounded by the snares of death, surrounded by anguish, turmoil, and look, even with the things going on in the world today, there's a lot of stuff going on out there today that you can be worried and obsessed about, that your heart can you know, uh, go in a direction that you don't want it to go. Like, oh, I'm worried about what's going on here and how this is going to affect this. You know, and we worry about things we don't have any control over. So give it all up to the Lord. Let the Lord worry about it. You know, let, let's worry about um, being witnesses and examples of God's love to the world. Then verse 5. How gracious is the Lord and just. Our God has compassion. The Lord protects the simple. I was brought low. And he saved me. I love that. That is a beautiful prayer of humility. Right? Humility, again, doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. And look, and when he was brought low, he was gracious to the Lord because the Lord is just. Mm-hmm. Again, just like Job. Um, Job was, was righteous before the Lord and yet evil things happened to him. And his friends come and say, oh, you must have done something, Job. You know, the Lord doesn't do this unless you did something. And Job is proclaiming his innocence. And what does the Lord say? Who are these dudes? <laughs> Were you here when I created the earth? Right. Were you here when I put the mountains in place? Or was that me? You know? So we, we can't forget what our place is in our relationship with God. Well, and I love, too, how this part of the Psalms ties, at least in my heart, it does this. And you can elaborate if I'm off at all is how this ties into uh, Psalm 37, which, you know, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart, which we often, and I point the finger at myself before I pointed at anyone else of, we hear that and we think, okay, well, God, I told you what I wanted. Why am I not getting it? Whereas over time I've realized, especially as it ties in with 116 today in thinking he gives us the desires of our hearts so that we are in tune with what he has planned for us. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. 
That's that's really good insight. Because I, I don't I don't want to be in a well, Lord, we've talked about what I really want to do, but as times change and there's things that I see through his eyes, I go, Oh, I I now know why I'm here to serve these people or to do this task rather than the other way around. Like we don't come to him like Santa Claus. Here's my list. I was a good right. boy. Like we come to him and say, this is where I'm at. And if there are things that need to be changed, he will change us to match up with where he wants them rather than reading into that and thinking, well, it says that if I delight myself in him, he'll give it to me. Well, hold on. And at least that's kind of, am I off on that? Is that more? Well, yeah. There's, there's two things that come to mind. First of all, are we praising Lord, uh, praising Lord when we're in a state of uh, uh, sadness, right? Um, in a place where we need to be humble so that God could be exalted? Are we praising, or are we only really praising when things are going well? Yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and the second thing, um, what, what you were saying is um, going before the Lord in humility, and, not, and again, not with the list that you that you you were saying, but that Lord, you know, this is what's going on. Something, look. When I go to adoration, I just go there just to be. Mm. I don't have a list. I don't. Lord, here's where I am in my life right now. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a, a good example of that, Ace. When I was um, first went to adoration after the Lord called me to leave my career and start speaking and writing full time, mm -hmm. the first thing I did was, okay, Lord, why am I in this chapel right now? Like, I'm in, I, I was feeling some angst. Right. And some nervousness and some, well, wait a minute, what are you doing here, Lord? Things are going so well. Yeah. And now you're, you know, kind of moving in this other direction. Um, I'm thinking, okay, what, why am I here? What are all the things in my life that led me to be here right now? And wh what is my journey going to look like three years from now, five years from now? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm here, Lord. I, you know, I, I don't want to just overthink this thing. Just speak to my heart. Yeah. Just let me be before you. That's sometimes all we need to do. Yeah. You know? Well, and I've always, I tell this to my kids all the time. It's like, I would rather be in a place that I don't want to be, that God wants me, than to be yeah. where I want to be. And he's like, why, why are you over here? Well, yeah. you just, you know, because then there's that tug and pull, the angst of, well, why is this not blossoming? And because we create things and then we give them to God and say, God bless this rather than him bringing us what he wants us and what he's equipped us for. And then when it's fruitful and, you know, and growing, we're like, oh, wow, this just went gangbuster. But again, it's his hand, not ours. No, ex exactly. I love that. Love that, Ace. Uh, in verse 7, turn back, my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has been good to you. He has kept my soul from death. My eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. I love that. When we, when we put our trust in the Lord, we will never stumble. You know, we may trip a little bit, <laughs> but, sure. but we're, we're not, we're not going to stumble into some new experience. We'll walk with confidence. We'll walk with joy into that experience because we have trusted in the Lord. And, and finally, verse 9, I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of of the living, right? Mm. Not in Sheol, right? <laughs> Not in, in, in the, the, the abode of the dead, but I will walk in the presence of the... Now, what does it mean to walk in the presence of the Lord? Uh, yes, it means the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass, we're in His presence, and you can say adoration, we're in His presence, but what about when we're just walking down the street every day? Being mindful of our relationship with God, being mindful that I am a, 
uh, and asking God to present an opportunity uh, today to allow me to witness the power of your love working in my life. You know, being, being mindful and being aware of God's presence at every moment of every day. You know, that's, that's what I do. I mean, I'm constantly in the car. What am I listening to? Praying a rosary, praying a chaplet. Constantly aware of God's presence in my life. So uh, we'll look at Psalm 116b in, in another uh, uh, episode. But when we come back, we're going to be take, talking about the communion of saints. I think a very good Lenten topic. You want to be part of the conversation? Give us a call, 833-288-3986 or email beacon at EWTN.com. This yeah, is dynamic. Up, yeah, mix it up a little bit with that bumper music. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I tell you, best bumper music in the business. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and you're listening to Beacon of Truth on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And today we're talking about the communion of saints. We're talking about members of our family, mm-hmm. right? And, and where does this idea come from? Like in the creed. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church we pray in the creed. And so the, so we talk about the, the one holy Catholic apostolic church. So the church is one. Why? The church is one for a number of reasons. Even though it's made up of many members, we're all one. And what is this, the source of that oneness? The Trinity. The <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the, the fam- if you will, the family, if you will, of heaven. We're the image and likeness of the fa- of that family here on earth. We're all members of God's family by baptism, right? So, so we're we're one. That's what makes us one. So even though, you know, um, like Ace and I, I'm Catholic and Ace is uh, Anglican, and you know, but still, w- what what joins us is our uh, our baptism, you know, which of course we recognize Catholic recognize that baptism, and uh, also our love for Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one of the things that makes us one. And that's a reflection of God's own life in the Trinity. So the church is one because of resource. The church is one because of her founder, Jesus Christ, who did what? Reconcile all to uh, everyone to himself by his death on the cross. He restored unity that, that, that was broken and fractured in the fall and in original sin. He restores that unity. You know, uh, uh, because of what he did for us on the cross. So we're one because of our source, the Trinity, our founder, Jesus Christ, and because of our soul, which is what? The Holy Spirit, Mm. (laughs) who brings about that wonderful communion of the faithful and joins us together so intimately in Christ as the principal source of the church's unity. I love that. Yeah, and I love the idea of, if you really think about this, we're connected in our pain. And yeah. we think that we're, we're the the devil and our own. I don't even want to give him credit. Sometimes in our own fleshliness, we give credit to the fact of that. Well, no one's going to understand what I've been through, or no one's going to understand why I did the things that I did. And I, I, I if I just don't tell them, then you know they won't know. But then we're missing an opportunity to connect with someone because again. I've experienced this. Maybe you have as well. God puts the people around you that are either going through where you've been or they've about to go through 
about to go through it. So you need to be able to say, here's how God has worked in my life when I made all those dumb choices. So we're connected in our pain. So why wouldn't we be connected, even if our rituals and our worship music is different? We still have a love for the Lord. We still have a relationship with Jesus. We still let the Holy Spirit guide us. And then as we understand the saints, as we understand the disciples, we realize they're flawed individuals. And that's how we connect and make that understanding so we know why we pray to them, why we ask for them to intercede for us, because they've been there, done that, burned the T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Sorry, I have a lot of ashes around my shoes for that. <laughs> Keep you going. Uh, very good. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is we're, we're all members of the family, and everybody, every family has a crazy uncle or a crazy aunt or something like that. Or you <laughs> are the crazy uncle. <laughs> Exactly, but that's that's beautiful. We're all part of that beautiful family, you know. And, and so let's let's dive a little bit. Um, uh, so what are those bonds of unity? Charity, of course, love. Um, that's the intangible, uh, supernatural part of that bond of unity. Is love that binds everything together in perfect harmony? You know, again, uh, uh, covenantal love, not just the um, you know uh, the the ephemeral love of the culture but a love that always seeks what's best for the other. And, and the, that love is also shown, uh, draws the unity in the church by visible bonds of community, uh, of, of communion, profession of faith uh, that received the apostles that we pray in the creed, whether it's the uh, Nicene Constantinople Creed we pray on Sunday or the, uh, uh, the Apostles' Creed that we pray uh, before the rosary. The common celebration of divine worship Right, especially in the sacraments, it's another visible bond of that unity. And of course, apostolic succession through the uh, the sacrament of holy orders is also a way of maintaining that bond of unity. So let's look at some scriptures now. Uh, we are part of God's family. First Corinthians chapter twelve, Paul makes this abundantly clear, starting at verse twelve. For just as the body is one and has many members, uh, and all the members of one. Of the of of the one body, though many are one, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and all are made to drink of the one Spirit. Right. So, and I love how he goes on to verse twenty six. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored. All rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. <laughs> Man, if that doesn't beautifully summarize what we talked about, the, the, what it means to be one uh, and the source of that oneness in the Trinity and the founder in Christ and the Holy Spirit is the soul of that unity. I mean, First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul does a, a, a beautiful job of showing how we are members of that body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. We are all one in Christ. And in fact, during uh, Good Friday, you know, we have that very long extended um, prayers of the faithful where we pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters and for our Protestant brothers and sisters and for those who don't believe in God, you know, those who don't know Christ. We, we pray for all those in a very special way in that Good Friday service. You know, as a reminder, even though they're not in communion with Christ, uh, we are all still joined together by the natural moral law that God has placed in the heart of every single person. We can come to know God by reason alone. 
Uh, in another place, Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and all members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So what is St. Paul saying here? This is Romans 12, uh, verses 4 and 5. All the members of the body, like the arm doesn't do the same thing the leg does. That does the same thing the lips or the eyes do. They all have different functions, but they all work together in harmony in the one body. So Paul is saying that it's the same thing is true in the church. We all have different roles. We all have different, like, you know, I'm, I'm a deacon. Uh, you know, Ace is a producer. You know, uh, there we, we have people working for Catholic charities. We have nuns uh, like uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta and, and her sisters, uh, missionaries of charity. Uh, we have the uh, Sisters for Life in New York and other places. I mean, we have the Nashville Dominicans and the Ann Arbor Dominicans. <laughs> I mean, we have the the uh, the uh, Dominicans, you know, and the, the Eastern Province guys and, 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 uh, and Father Milady in the West. I mean, so we have a whole group of people doing so many different things, functioning differently in the life of the church, but yet we are, are still all made one because of Christ. It's the same Holy Spirit that gives us different gifts that allows that body to function uh, with beauty and harmony. So even though I'm not an attorney, I'm not a physician, um, but if, if, if those uh, attorney and physician are Catholics, that's what joins us together uh, as a family. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, quite frankly, that's why I like to surround myself with Catholics when I'm in my in my business ventures. You know, like when I'm speaking, you know, my my event coordinator and travel um, person is, is a, a very devout Catholic. You know, I work with Perusia uh, in Australia, uh, very strong, devout Catholics, Catholic Answers and Ascension Press and all the different folks that I work with. Uh, you know, it, it, I just love surrounding myself with people of faith, mm. you know, because they think they're thinking, OK, this is not just about business. We're here to honor Christ Amen. as members of we are here to honor Christ. How can we do that? The best way we can do that with all the gifts that we've been given as, as part of that family. Well, and I think and this is just through history, but I know I've been guilty of it as well, that the word family has a negative connotation because some you know, there's some people in your family you don't get along with very well or you, you don't like them you don't want to spend time with them so to then say your church family it's kind of like what we've talked about when people have a terrible experience with their earthly father to try to understand the goodness and the grace graciousness of a heavenly father is a difficult bridge to cross and so we have to realize that when our fleshly or our, our our dna family lets us down our church family is supposed to be there for us and even if they let us down again we are there because of our love of the lord and our passion to want to serve him in whatever capacity he calls us to yeah exactly right exactly right you know we had a, i think this was someone on youtube trisha so thankful for the examples of christian life within our communities and throughout time mm -hmm. you know exactly right that that's beautiful um, and, and throughout time, what does that tell us? It's the saints, hmm. right? Those have, we pray uh, in, in, the, um, in, the, in, the, in the Roman canon, uh, those have gone before us marked with the sign of faith. And those are the saints. And they're still members of our family, you know? But, we said, but some people say, well, they're dead. You know, they're, they're, how can they pray? They're dead. Oh, hold on. Yes, they're dead. 
physically. But aren't they, the Saints I'm talking about now, um, aren't they where we hope to be one day? I mean, what's the whole, if the whole point is we're living this life and then we're dead, <laughs> I mean, there's more. I mean, this is the way we enter into fullness of communion with Christ, where we live with him in heaven forever. That's our goal is heaven, you know, not to stay here. You know, so the saints have gone before us. They they are where we in fact I would even say that in a sense they're more alive than we are because they're in the presence of God. And and that's why we ask them to pray and to intercede for us. They are still members of our family. So the way the church traditionally says this, you have the church triumphant, which is the church in heaven, the church uh suffering which are the souls in purgatory who eventually will get to heaven. If you're in purgatory, you're getting to heaven just a little bit. I mean, we talked about this on the show earlier this week. You got to do a little cleanup first <laughs> before you get there to uh, rid yourself of any vestiges of, uh, of concupiscence, the desire to separate yourself from God. That has to be purged before you can enter into heaven. And the church militant, the church here on earth, the church that's working through all the different trials and tribulations that earthly life often brings. They're still members of our family um, and so yes as members of the family we pray for each other right we ask prayers for sick relatives and friends all the time so for example if someone came to me and said why do you catholics pray to saints you know there's only and what's the verse they always hit you with there's only one mediator between uh, uh god and man uh, what's it that's um first timothy right first timothy 2 i think for for the, the uh, uh, only one mediator between god and man the man jesus christ i say amen I, in fact, Jesus, and I would hit him back. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So what do we need to pray to these saints for? Just pray to Jesus. Okay. So if I had uh, a relative, my daughter or my son, were sick, like in the hospital sick, right. or, or had spouse had cancer or something like that, would I not say, hey, Ace, man, would you? Would you pray for my daughter, man? Would you pray for my son? Would you pray for my wife? You know, this is what we got going on right now. Mm -hmm. Would you turn back and say to me, well, Deacon, no. Just pray to Jesus. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. Jesus, no one comes to the Father, but don't ask me to pray. You just pray to Jesus. Mm -hmm. What? Don't ask me to. You, you wouldn't do that. No. Of course you would ask your family, friends, members of your church to pray for a sick relative because we're all members of the family and we ask family members to pray. Now I'm not praying to you to heal. Only, only God can do that. Right. But I'm asking for your additional prayers of intercession uh, on my, on my behalf and, and on behalf of the person that I'm praying for as well. Cause we're a member of the family. My prayer and your prayer, uh, you know, is, is a, is, is a louder voice, you know, um, bringing attention to the fact that this person needs um, a special, uh, blessing right now from God, and that blessing could even be death. Who knows? Yeah. You know, we. Uh, but still, we we ask for prayers for the other members of our family. Well, and I love the idea too of that when someone says they're going to pray for me, they mean it, and they have an emotional and now spiritual investment into what's happening to me. So not only are they there in my hurt, but they're there in the celebration of whatever God is about to unfold. So then, that's how that's how you create your family around you because even if they don't know what you're going through they can pray and then they can watch God work and even like we've talked about before even thanking him for what he's already doing that we can't see that changes out of the a whiny mindset of prayer of woe is me and why Lord 
into a, okay, God, show up and show out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, there was um, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who asked for prayers once for uh, something serious going on in their life. And, uh, you know, I said, I, I said I'm going to pray. I'm going to have my family praying. I'm going to have my parish praying. I'm going to call some monks and nuns. I'm going to get them praying. Everybody's going to be praying. Yep. Right? And so they, a week or so later, sent back a note. He said, I am overwhelmed by your prayers. This morning, I was scared as to how I was going to lead my family through this. Now, I feel calm, mm. knowing once again with confidence that God's hand is guiding this ship. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Love it. See, so, so, so our prayers, united with his prayers, gave him confidence to be able to go through whatever, he's, whatever he was going through with his family. That's beautiful. That's why we pray mm. uh, with and for our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Well, and even you can even we mentioned Job as an example. When Job prayed for his friends, he was that's when his fortune started to come back to him, you know, because his focus wasn't on himself. It was on others. And even if you don't feel like you know how to pray for certain situations, you pray for peace for that person, because that's ultimately what we need to walk through, because it may be a really hot fire, but we got to walk through it because God's guiding us through that for his glory. And that's to me. That's the. That's what I. I need peace through whatever it is that I'm. That so when someone's, well, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm not gonna tell you not to pray for me. <laughs> if anything, that's the highest honor. You know, that's exactly that's better than anything. Exactly. I mean, you know, and Paul is is very strong on this. For example, First Corinthians. Oh, sorry, First uh, Timothy chapter two. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all men. Right? So he's urging the people to pray for each other. Right? In 1 Thessalonians 1, we give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Again, he's, pray, he's praying for all of them as well. This is, just, this is again, why I love being Catholic. We, we all are members of this family. And that's why I, I feel uh, so bad about this, uh, this culture that's really turned in on itself. You know, where, where you, you you don't feel like you're a member of family because it's all about me. You worship the God of me, myself, and I. You know, and uh, that's very isolating. That's very lonely. You know, and, and how we try to fill that loneliness. We try to fill that empty space that needs to be filled by God and with love, especially with other members of our of our faith family. But we, we kind of push them to the side, you know. Um, and we can't do it. We have to open ourselves, make ourselves vulnerable like Jesus was vulnerable on the cross and uh, open our hearts to receive the, the, the spirit that's in, in those prayers for us. Um, you know, uh, I love that. You know, and, and the thing is, you know, uh, Elvis is dead, but not the saints. Okay, uh, the communion of saints. <laughs> you like that, Ace? Huh? Uh, the communion of saints. You know the bond of love that unifies all believers. Uh, uh, again, uh, whether here or in purgatory in heaven, is is that love that unifies us. Um, and so, in a very real way, uh, I think death is, is is well, death is not the end. It's only the beginning. Jesus showed us this by ri- by rising from the dead. Shows that the grave is not the end. And so. Those in heaven, we ask for their prayers. We ask for their intercessions. But people say, well, how can they hear us? You know, how, how are they able to hear our prayers? Well, hold on. If, if, if the example I just gave 
of of uh uh asking Ace to pray would I can't hear him praying. Right. <laughs> I, I can't hear you praying, but I know you are yeah. because you said you would. You know, um but those who have, have gone before us, we ask for their intercession and yeah, of course they can hear not in the way that like they have ears like they hear us here, but I'm sure in the power of God's spirit and the power of God's love they can hear us, and they do intercede for us, especially, uh, I mean, look at miracles. People ask for intercessions um, uh, for, for miracles. I mean, for example, I was in Peoria, Illinois. I met the young man uh, who received the miracle healing through the intercession of, uh, of Fulton Sheen. You know, I met mm-hmm. that young man. Um, and, and he came, in fact, him and his parents came to the mission that I, that I did there. Um, and so I got a chance to meet him. This, and this again, this was the guy <laughs> whose miracle was approved uh, for Fulton Sheen, and, and and see that again. So how did that happen? The, he, the mom was pregnant with him, or he he was dead for like an, over an hour, and and uh, they asked through the intercession of Fulton Sheen, right? And then God answered that prayer. Yeah. This is what we're. This is what we're. This is why we pray through the intercession of saints. And sometimes you know we're not careful with our language as Catholics. Like we say, consecration to Mary. Okay, consecration to Jesus through Mary is more accurate. Or consecrate to St. Joseph. Yes, okay. Consecrate to Jesus through St. Joseph. I mean, when we say it as Catholics, consecrate to Mary, we know what we mean. Right. But others may not understand. So, you know, sometimes we have to be careful with our language when we talk about this idea of communion to saints. Well, and I love what Zena said on YouTube. She said, I pray that if I'm on the wrong path, please stop me. And I feel like that's the prayer that you give for someone. If you don't know what they're facing or you're not quite sure what words, again, praying for peace and praying for them to be out of the way of God moving you know, mountains for them. And we say we don't see miracles. Well, it's only because we choose not to see them. Yeah. And sometimes we have to pray that people see the the error of their ways. Yeah. You know, if you have a friend that's uh, addicted to something or maybe uh, you see someone going down the wrong path, uh, uh, you know, we, we pray that God will intercede in that person's life to really, because they're walking in darkness and they need to see the light. And who is that light? Christ. Amen. And that's what we're praying for. You know, in, in Mark chapter 12, uh, Jesus says, as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Jesus says he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. He's the God of the living. So those in heaven, those in church triumphant uh, are, are alive, right? Alive. You know, Jesus implies that himself here. Um, I love that. Uh, in First Peter, right? Peter says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance." See, so we inherit that same gift by Christ conquering the grave and overcoming death, overcoming everything that separates us from God's love. We inherit that when we're faithful, right? It's an imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Paul says, "Where?" kept in heaven for you kept in heaven for you right so this is our hope you know when we live in a world of hopelessness this is our hope the beauty of the communion 
of the saints. And I love what Peter says in his second letter. In first, I, I quote this all the time, 2 Peter 1, 4, where he says that we become partakers in the divine nature, nature, that through these you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of passion. We become slave to our passions, slave to our emotions, slave to um, uh, uh, material things. But he said once you escape that, we become partakers in the divine nature. We share God's life, right? You know, and again, can the saints hear us? Sure. If, if we pray for people all the time that can't directly hear our prayers, earthquake, like we pray for earthquake victims in, in Haiti or typhoon victims in the Philippines or something like that. You know, our prayers are still efficacious. Uh, then surely those who are in God's presence can hear our prayers. Why? Was what Jesus saying Luke 1? Uh, what the angel says as well, nothing is impossible for God. Why? When we pray, we pray with what St. Benedict called the Aram Cordis, the ear of our hearts, right? And so let's continue to pray for each other. And let me just let me just kind of wrap things up by saying this. I remember one time I was going um, to a parish mission. Guy picked me up. We're driving. We drive past the park, and the guy starts crying. And I said, oh, uh, are you okay? He goes, yeah, my son lives in the park. So um, his son in and out of rehab for drugs. Every time he get, come out of rehab, they bring him home. And uh, they try to help him. He go back. He, they, he gets out, comes home, that, that cycle. But this, this last time he said that, uh, that he left his needles out and some of the grandkids found them. So they, had, they, had, they told the son he could not come home. He could not live there anymore because now he's endangering the life of, and the safety and the health of the grandchildren. And so he's now living in the park. You know, and my heart broke for him. You know, but sometimes we have to pray. Our prayer for intercession for our family is to help them reach the bottom because when they're in the bottom that's when they realize the only person that can help me right now is jesus the only person now and they start that that difficult but but important journey back to faith back to oneness with christ well tomorrow we're going to talk about critical race theory on tomorrow's program so buckle in and get ready and remember you can stream today's show by visiting Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>